All right, our lesson comes out of Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. And this is the day we recognize in which Jesus was baptized and starts his earthly ministry. We're going along. Ash Wednesday is a little later this year. I had a paper. I don't have it with me now. I can give it to everybody if they want it. I got, we're working on Ash Wednesday and the Lent services. Lent theme is God on the move. Or, or I think that's what we call it. There's a several of us working on this together. Uh, several churches of us pastors are working together on this. I think it's God on the move. Uh, and we've talked about last, since we've got a little extra time, I'm going to bring this up. Sunday night and Thursday, we talked about planning. What do we need to do to get the church to grow? And uh, invite, invite, invite is the number one thing. And then we're going to do some push cards. We're going to do a couple other things. Uh, but we're, we're focusing on Ash Wednesday through Easter is our next big focus on, on doing things with the church to get people in the doors. Because there's plenty of people today that are sitting home that are not in church that need it. So, all right, moving on. Our lesson comes through is... John chapter 3, starting at verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And he was praying, and while he, he prayed, the heavens was open, And the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. That Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. This is the, then it goes through the whole genealogy there. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise God. You all should know this answer. I've been preaching this thing six times now. I don't ever warm up a sermon. When I'm done today, this sermon will go in the trash after both churches were... So it's always a fresh work. But baptism of the Lord is something I have studied a lot. And so it's a lot of the same information. Why was Jesus baptized? He's God in the flesh. There's this girl, I can't wait to hear the whole talk. Tammy and I are working this journey thing together. God, or uh, love is a person. And I just can't wait to hear her whole talk on her thing there. Which is, girl, love is a person. Love come in the physical form of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Why was the man that was perfect in every way baptized? You could ask the question, why were you baptized? Besides, the Bible tells us to do it. That's our church tradition. See, a lot of people will say that we were baptized for the remission of sin, but I'm going to cover that in a second. Jesus was baptized for the remission of sins. What sins? He was a perfect man. The sins of the world. Adam and Eve sold our, our, our homeland, if you will. God entrusted them. God gave them the deed of, of the world, and they sold it to Satan. And that sin of Adam still affects us, affects us today. The sin affects us, and there's a price for sin all for the for yeah, four thousand years from creation until when Jesus was born. All the creation we had these sacrifices of animals and all this other stuff, and all that did was kept putting a blanket on top of the sin problem, putting the blanket on top of the sin problem. 
It's like people that get credit cards. Praise the Lord, we ain't this person. But I've heard, you know, they get two or three MasterCards you know, or American Express. And they use American Express to pay off the MasterCard and the MasterCard to pay off the Visa. Eventually, guess what's going to happen to all three cards? They're going to get maxed out. And the bill is still due. Well, that's all the Old Testament was with the blood sacrifices and all those things. They were just paying the price in a different form. I mean, it was how God told them to do it. But in no way was eliminating sin. There's two sins in the world. There's original sin. That's the sin of Adam. That, that all mankind, all of mankind is affected and still affected today until Jesus takes his rightly throne and reverses the world back to the original. We get the new heaven and new earth. We will be affected by this. We will die and get sick and all these things will happen. And so Jesus, being fully God, but fully man, born from a woman of humanity, Mary, he had to be baptized for the remissions of sins for the world. He had to be baptized. Or otherwise, our sins would still not be, would not be paid for. He had to be baptized for the remission of sins of the whole world. He, when, when he was on that cross, and he said, God, why have you forsaken me? At that time, the power of the sins of the world were upon his shoulders. Your sin that you have committed to this point was upon Jesus. Your sins that you will commit tomorrow was upon Jesus. And so we go there. But the sins of Adam and Eve and the whole world was upon Jesus. He was baptized for the remission of sins for the whole world. So it brings up the point to us, why are we baptized? And I'll get people who tell me all the time, well, I was baptized for the remission of my sins, for the forgiveness of my sins. So then the theological question is, you need the faith in Jesus and baptism? What saves us? The blood of Jesus. Our faith that I confess with my mouth publicly that Jesus Christ died for my sins and I believe it in my heart. Boom! Saved. What you need, you got to have that faith in Jesus, your faith in Jesus. But that's not the stopping point. That is the beginning of a new life. See, Jesus took care of that sin problem. He's already taken care of the sin problem. But now we just got to accept the free gift of salvation. And so we are baptized not for the remission of sins, because Jesus took care of that. We are baptized, and the three main things I have written down for us is that we are baptized... For to be joined to the universal family of the Christian faith. We are part of the family. We went from being strangers to being the child of God. The son or the daughter of the father. Think about it. And what really comes as home is Taylor was a teenager, or close to a teenager in that age group there, when, we, when I adopted her. And, and I just thought they'd stick your name on a piece of paper and stuff. And so we go down this whole process. There's a whole big process with adoption of a child. Anybody's ever adopted one? We get to the judge. And so the judge is actually in court. He's actually a Methodist guy, too. I don't remember. McLean, was it? Judge McLean, great guy. Uh, he stops court to go into his chambers. And he and then there's got Tammy, Tammy, me, and Taylor, and Hannah were all dressed up. And I thought he'd call us up as a family. He did not. He, Tammy and Hannah sat in the corner while he called Taylor me and he asked us all these questions. And then with me, 
He sat there and says, do you realize from here on out, this will always be your firstborn child? This is your firstborn child. When I sign this paper and it becomes your name, she takes on your name, she is yours and she will be considered as a firstborn child. And I will make the law of the land. I will send a note to the hospital. I will send a note to the school. I will send a note to the social security office. I will send a note to anywhere where her name was Schumann to be stricken and to be named Hauser. And all other records are to be destroyed. And it was. You look on the birth certificate. You look on Han- or Taylor's birth certificate. It says, Father, Larry W. House. W stands for wonderful, by the way. Larry Wonderful House. <laughs> Air Force. I might be a pastor. I'll get that's your occupation on it. And, and so, and all the records of her as her former last name is removed, and her name is now House. The same way is with you and me. The way you were called, the way people called you, the name you had as an unsaved person was changed. The day you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your name was changed to the son or the daughter of the living God. But Charles Stanley would have got an amen on that one. Somebody would have said amen somewhere. Your destination has been reversed. And so number one, we are, we are becoming in our faith and we are baptized into the family of God. We are baptized in the family of God. Number two, we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are baptized, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Who can take you away from the love of God? Only yourself. Nobody else can. Uh, three... You were given a gift. The three reasons, the three main reasons why we're baptized. Baptism is also a symbol. I don't like to cover too much of the symbol, but a lot of denominations have symbols, which is the important part. We are baptized in the remembrance of what Jesus done for us, the washing away of sin. And we recognize all three ways to be baptized. You can be dunked, and that recognizes the death and the rising of Christ. We can be poured. Uh, you get to pitch your water and pour it up on you. I think we've done that with you. Uh, we poured the water, and that recognizes the power of the Holy Spirit being poured upon you. Or we can do the desert way where we sprinkle a little bit of water on you. And all three of them were practiced within the Jewish community. People think baptism is something new. It wasn't. They didn't come questioning John about baptizing people. They questioned what, what his motives were. But the Jewish people did this in their own faith. People coming to the Jewish faith or different times in their faith if there was a known sin in their faith. They were baptized or they were washed clean with water. And they even called it the same word, baptism. And, and so it's not something new. It wasn't something sprung on the people brand new. They already, the Jews already understood what they were talking about. So why are we baptized? The first is the universal family of Christ. In our liturgy, we talk about that the first we will support the the, the universal church, the holy Catholic church. And people, that throws you off because of, I'm not a Catholic. Catholic with a little C stands for universal. Why would we do the, the Apostles' Creed? And it says the holy, the holy Catholic church. The holy Catholic church is the universal church. We are members of the Baptist church, the church of God, the Presbyterian church, the non-denominate any church that is a, a, a Bible-believing, God-fearing church, we're family with them. 
This whole thing that I got to be baptized again to be a member? No, that doesn't fly with me. I was baptized by God. The second is sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I look at it this way. Now, this is where we differ denominationally, and I don't want to trash on any other denomination. I'm just going to talk about us. Is what we understand is John Wesley's understanding of being filled with the Holy Spirit is when the, sin, when, the, when the problems of humanity are just such a burden on our heart that we're forced to action when we love all people. The lady who come today, Ms. Pa- was it Paris was her name, I think? Paris. Paris, Erica. When she come today, then we probably didn't just break down in tears and just re- you know, reform to action. Might show how full we are with the Holy Spirit. When, all the, when the loss of humanity just breaks our heart and we're moved to action, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Regardless of what color they are, regardless of anything else about them, it's all of humanity is made in the image of God. All of humanity is made in the image of God. But because of the Satan nature from Adam and Eve, uh, we, we have this fallen nature about us. And, and the only way to get saved is to believe in Jesus. And no way to say, I'll cover the gift part in just a minute. And so the evidence of the Holy Spirit for us, for Wesleyans or the holiness movement, is the being filled with the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues for us. I got a pastor friend or acquaintance, I guess I should say. He will pray for you in tongues and cuss you out in the next. And the James tells me that salt, uh, salt water and fresh water cannot come from the same spigot. So. It's the God to judge, not me to judge. But the Holy Spirit, to be, to be there, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is the evidence of that is our love for humanity. Third is a gift. We are given a gift. Do you realize, I always talk about the church has one mission, but you and I, each person has a gift. Every Bible-believing, God-fearing, baptized person has a gift. And you know what the purpose of your gift is. You may say, well, what's, what's my gift? And you got uh, Rick Warren in the 40 Days of Purpose for the Purpose Driven Life. 40 Days for the Purpose Driven Life. And, also, and I've done those Bible studies, so I got tired of them. Because you know what our purpose is? We got one purpose as Christians. One. And only one. And we mess it up most of the time. Glorify the Son who glorifies the Father. Nothing else. You're to live a life that glorifies Jesus Christ in you. Think about that for a minute. How do you do this week? If you would be glorifying the Son who turns and glorifies the Father, how much different would our world be? We want to say, well, I got the gift of administration, or I got the gift of money, or I got the gift of generosity, or... You know, we all have different talents and gifts, and God gave us those things. But you can use those talents and gifts for your personal growth, or you can use them to glorify God. When you're in a job, what does the Bible say about a job you don't like? Well, you might like the job. What does the Bible say how you're supposed to work? As if you're working for Christ himself. So in your job, whatever you do, wherever you go, we're to be glorifying God. We're to be glorifying God. That people need to see Jesus in us. That's it. That's the whole mission. Uh, that's the whole whole thing there. Our purpose in life is to glorify the Son who glorifies the Father. 
We all are given the job and the task of working for the kingdom. The king, we're talking about that book. There's a book in the back that says, Jesus, uh, who was Jesus? Wrong, wrong English on that. It says, who is Jesus? Why? Because Jesus is alive today. Mother Teresa's book, who was Jesus? Because Mother Teresa has passed. Jesus is alive today. The kingdom of God is at hand. Not was at hand, not going to be at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is there. And so we are to be working. Uh, uh, we're supposed to be working. Here's the, one of the problems with the church today. The church has turned into the biggest self-help group that there's ever been. Well, I got a relationship with Jesus. I get up and read my Bible. And I listen to K-Love radio station. I got a little prayer, I say. And then I go out and do whatever else I want to do the rest of the day. I don't know if I need to come to church or not. I don't need a relationship with those people. I don't need to be in fellowship with those people. I don't need to do all those other things. Well, I got Jesus. I got Jesus in my soul. That's all I need. People. Our faith in Jesus is a public thing. We cannot have Jesus in our heart privately. You can, but it's supposed to be private and public. We we're supposed to see Jesus living in us and everywhere we go. And we talk about church growth, and that is coming to church. I don't know how many people, well, I was just too tired, too tired to come to church. Yeah, I got a, I got a way to solve that problem. I got the guilt trip message there. Uh, Jesus spent the night up to his last night with doing what? With his disciples? Well, first he was eating dinner, then he went to pray. Then he was captured and bounced around between the different leaders. Then he was in early morning, early morning, hadn't slept yet, early morning, was taken downstairs and beat beyond recognition. Then handed a cross and told to go to the, the spot to have him go. And of course, you need a little help there. And it goes along. All the while, there was legions. Legion is over 10,000. There was legions upon legions of angels waiting to stop the whole process. At any time, Jesus would say, take over, they would have wiped out the Roman army and it would have a whole different story. Do you know how the whole different story would be? If Jesus was not faithful to go to that cross, you and me, our destination, no matter how good we were, would be hell. So don't tell me I'm just too tired. Now if you're sick, stay home. If you got the crude, whatever, if you got something contagious, stay home. I was just too tired to come to church. Uh, it doesn't fly with me real well on that. Uh, I don't have my life right. My marriage isn't right. My money's not right. I, 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 and they got all these problems. You know the answer to that is? Work it out as you go. Many times, if you got a faith problem, or many times you got a family problem or money problem, do you know working for the kingdom a lot of times solves those problems? As you work along, you get to meet new people. Uh, things come along, or you either learn how to do something better, somebody shows you better. You know what? Work it out as you go. Don't stop. I know so many people will stop. Well, you know, me and my wife, we're not getting along real well. If that was our case, you'd never see Tammy and I in church. <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, but so we sit there, goes so along. You know, my, you know my, my kids are my kids are starting to do drugs. I mean, I've heard, and, and I just, I've kind of, but they really are. They're embarrassed. They're embarrassed to the one that can heal their problem. They're embarrassed, and, and so we go along there. Uh, we go work it out as you go. Work it out as you go. Uh, 
The third thing there, the gift that God has given us. There's this guy, I love this song, you know, traveling down the road with Tammy, all she's going to listen to is praise music. Sometimes the motorcycle drifts the old 70s or 80s classics. But, but with Tammy, it's always on K-Love or she has a CD in. And there's a song, the guy's name's Adam, Chainbreaker. Was that, who was that guy's name? Yeah. A lot of people with a chain breaker. Do you realize the biggest gift you were given by God to the power of your faith in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He broke the chain to your past. Man, you know, Charles Stanley, we got an amen on that one too. Amen, preacher. All right. You know what? He broke the chain to your past. Think about that. Let that seep in for a minute. Got the young guy over there. He probably doesn't, probably doesn't affect him as like it does us. Think about when you were younger, whether you accepted Christ or not. But all of us usually have a story, do we not, about our younger days and the craziness of our younger days. We're in the military. We don't want to go too far down these roads, do we? No, sir. Some of them scary. Yeah. Jesus broke the chain to that path. What do these defects families need? This is the, the problem with that is, is habitual generation after generation. After, that's what the Bible says. The sin is from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. Because the only way to break that generational path of sin and abuse and drugs and alcohol, <coughs> pornography, sexual problems, the only way to break that there is Jesus the power of the blood of Jesus, the water that will wash away all sin, that is the answer. And where is the church helping these people? Where is the church? Our deal is we got a marquee up, we throw an ad in the paper. Praise the Lord we don't have a marquee. But we, we said, to, well, we advertise. We're here in the community. We're here if you need us. Those people don't know they need you. They need you to be bold and in their face to say, your answer, the fix to your problem is Jesus. And it may be like doing surgery without any painkillers. You know what? Or pulling a tooth without having it numbed up first. It's just going to hurt people. Sometimes change in life will make us hurt. If you, if you want to change what you're doing, if you want to be a different person, you want to lose weight or something, I've learned this one thing. Life is uncomfortable with change. It really is. But the one that broke the chain, the one that's going to help us change, is the one that will see us through it, and that is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. He, he's there for us. Finally, finally, what does baptism do for us? Puts his members into a local church. Uh, remember, we, I've actually done baptisms of people that have come through town and they were there. And they got baptized, they, they heard a message, they wanted to be saved, to be baptized. But then we're never going to join our church, because they live in Kentucky or Mississippi or Texas. Well, go home and find a local church. But, uh, but So you can be baptized and not be a member of the local church. But the Bible says, we're to be, don't ever forsake the assemblies. Let me cover real quick our denomination. We do ba babies. The, way, the holiness movement does babies. Babies, doing babies is a, when we baptize babies, it is a contract or a covenant between parents, congregation, and God. Where most people sin, let me tell you where the parents sin, they want their baby baptized, and I have no idea why, because they, they die before, before the age of 13, they're saved anyway. <coughs> 
they want to have their baby baptized, they want to call a lot of other things, but whatever it is, that's what it is. And then they never see them at the church again. They have broken that covenant with God and that congregation. Boy, it's a bad day. And people, we take sin so lightly. We take our covenant so lightly. Uh, the other one is the other one I'll sit there and see is a church. You get a young family in, they got a baby or a young child, and we'll baptize them. And the church makes a covenant that we will spend the money and do the resources to help that child grow in the likeness of Christ. We'll do our part, the parents do their part. Meaning we'll support the parents and we'll support that child and the 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 Sunday school, the Bible studies, and the programs needed for that child. And then they'll be the only child in church. Well, it's only one kid. We really don't have the money. And so we're not going to do those things. Guess what you just did? You sinned against the family and God. So before, and I always ask, when we do a young child, John, remember we haven't really done a young child here. This is the covenant. I'll go over that real strictly. This is the covenant we're about to make. Let's not make it as a church as if we're not going to follow through with it. But, but you guys are good. You all are good. Uh, when we think church membership, I always look at church membership much like marriage. We're married to church uh, we, for the better or for the worse until death do us part. There is reasons to leave, just like in the Bible. There's reason, you know, that there's a... Uh, if the, Bible, if the preacher or the church is no longer teaching a Christian message, they're no longer teaching that God is God, that, you know, we're not teaching a message on, uh, you know, if, make sure the message is there's one man, there's one woman, they were designed to be married and have children, not man, man, not woman, woman. This church, we believe the Bible. One man, one woman. You were born man or woman. There ain't nothing else there you know, on that. Uh, and so, if the church is no longer teaching God's plan, get a divorce. Get a divorce. But because there's problems in the church, and this is the same problem we have in marriage today, just because there's problems in marriage, as older people, what do we do? We slug it out. I mean, not physically slug it out. At least I hope it doesn't. We just, we just keep going. We keep going. We just keep persevering through it. Because one day, one of us will get smart, usually the guy, and then break and get and say, okay, yeah, honey, you were right. And right there, G-Daddy? We, we did right there. The older we get, the quicker we get to that point. Uh, but, but so we go along. Number two, what the local church needs today, and I will say this, I'm going to say something good about the Baptist church over there, Lapal Baptist, Brother Darrell. He brought in accountability. I'll sit there and talk to some of the members, and I can't believe the things he has said and done, but that church is growing. Why? You ain't in church today. The leaders that are not in church today, they're not have a job. Why are you not here? They need to be called. You're the leader of this church. You will be in Sunday if you're in town. I'm not one you have to be in town every Sunday. I know you like Butch and Sue and them. They got a cabin somewhere. I'd probably be in Kentucky half my life and the island the other half. Uh, Mary Lee goes on cruise. Great. Praise the Lord. Go. I'm the guy that pushes you to go and enjoy what the God has blessed you with. But when you're in town and you're not sick, are you in the family of God that you said you would be with? John Wesley had a unique thing. If you miss church three times, he excommunicated with you. You cannot take communion anymore. John Wesley, don't even darken my doors. You have missed the boat. You're not serious about your faith, so therefore, you're not going to heaven. John Wesley was not a once saved, always saved person. And neither am I. Uh, 
But what I do know, I still, we haven't really discussed it a whole lot in church anymore. We haven't really discussed this a whole lot anymore in church. Uh, which Butch and I do, and a couple of us do, is prophecy. People, if you will take the Bible and take the newspaper and read it, you cannot help but think that we are at the end. That any moment, any moment, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And you and I will give an account for our life. You and I will give an account for our life. The church, too many pastors, too many churches have lied to the congregation members. Once saved, always saved, confess the name of Jesus and go live like hell because you'll be saved. That is not in the word of God that I read. When I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and he wiped away my sins and I was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he placed upon me a burden for the lost souls. To get busy about the kingdom of God. Get busy about the kingdom of God. Be out sharing and witnessing the people and tell them about the loss and going along and, and to save them from the wrath to come. Too many people, it's a self-help thing. Well, I'm good. Well, your neighbors, your kids, your parents, everybody else is dying and going to hell, but thank God that you're good. I'm not too sure that you're really that good, but I'm not the judge. Y'all, we all just need to be lucky for that. But we need to build in accountability to our church. We need to go along. This is the day we recognize that we, the baptism of the church or the baptism of Jesus also the, into the local church. We need to get accountability in being lo- loyal to our local congregation. How are we ever expected to ask somebody else to come when those that are members do not? As leaders in this church, and all of us that are sitting here today are the leaders, we need to hold each other accountable to the faith in Jesus. How is all this possible? Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I do have good news. I got a pastor friend. We record the sermons. We listen. Sometimes listen to each other's sermons. And Larry, what kind of doom and gloom are you giving us today? I'm trying to save you from the wrath to come. It's funny how we all different preach and how we all read the same scriptures and see it differently. But think about this for a minute. 2,000 years ago, you were held, you weren't even born then, but you were held by the chain of sin. No other chain but the the chain of original sin was going to hold you down. And Jesus says, this is my body that I break for you to break that chain. Too many of us want to put a lock on the chain and reconnect the links, do we not? Uh, you know what, Jesus says, this is the blood of Christ which is poured out for you. Not only is the chain broken, he dissolved it. If you want to go back to your sin, you've got to build a new chain. He wiped away the past for a bright uh, for a future for us. For what purpose? To glorify the Father. All things we do to glorify the Father. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we humble ourselves. We ask you to bless this bread. We ask you to bless this juice to be your body and your blood for us. Amen. I can get Harold and Butch up here. And then our piano player. And our music people.